Rising. Up the middle. He's in. Utah leads. Gonzaga. The slipper still fits. Kemba Walker. Step back. Walker. Cardiac Kemba. Does it again. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap. How about that? Flowers for three! Wisconsin takes the lead! Bo Ryan is a thief! There goes Davis! Oh my god! Davis is going to run it all the way back! Auburn's going to win the football game! Hello everyone and welcome back to the Campus Tour Podcast. I am joined, as always, from lovely Wisconsin. Bradley, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. We have a great show uh, on hand for you all. We have pass fail. We have student loans and then student advisors to wrap up. And I just want to throw this out there. I feel like this might be the last week we cover uh, college football. (laughs) Yeah. I think the next episode, two weeks. I mean, that's college basketball preview time. It is. It is. The Badgers are so bad at football. We might as well just stop covering. (laughs) You know, I'm in for that. (laughs) (laughs) We, we pick and choose when we're a college football podcast. Yeah. All right. Let's go to pass fail to start off. Uh, Who do you have passing for the past couple of weeks? All right, so I went with last week. Um, have to give the pass to um, Tennessee. Um, upset Alabama last weekend. Ended in a 52-49 shootout in Knoxville. Um, this snapped a 15-game losing streak to the Crimson Tide. So um, the Vols' first win against Bama since 2006. Um, Alabama did have a chance to win it at the end, but ultimately missed a 50-yard field goal. Left 15 seconds on the clock. Looking like we're going into overtime, right? Nope, because Hendon Hooker had two clutch res- or threw the ball twice for 45 yards, set up a 40-yard field goal by Chase McGrath. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, Hendon's now the Heisman favorite, and deservingly so. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 385 yards um, through the air. He had five passing touchdowns. Um, you, you know, along with him, Jalen Hyatt, he was phenomenal. He caught all five of, um, yep. pendant, um, touchdowns. Um, so five receiving touchdowns and they all were pretty much bombs too. They were yes. Yes. <laughs> and he had 200 plus receiving yards. So he had a great game. Bryce young for Bama. He had 455 passing yards and two touchdowns. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we have to talk about, you know, the fans took the goalposts after the game, <laughs> dumped it in the river, which is a little interesting. And, you know, oh, you love it. That's what college football is. Oh, about. yes. Oh, yes. Hundred thousand dollar fine. But whatever. Who cares? Did you um, see they threw out the uh, I can't remember what they threw. They, they started to go fund me. I did see that. Yeah. Like the school can't afford to, to pay right. it off. But, or one uh, of your big donors couldn't do it exactly exactly but i mean yeah this was you know a fun game very high scoring affair 
um, yeah, very impressive win for Tennessee and um, extending their record to six and oh, I believe. So really kind of, you know, shapes up a fun way to end the SEC and kind of see, you know, how the end of the regular season plays out and what the um, conference championship week will look like. So yeah, shout out to Tennessee. And, um, you know, it's great to see um, a new face up there besides Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. So yeah, I'd love to see them keep it going. So yeah, definitely. I mean, that was an awesome game. It's flipping channels when watching the Badger game. And I mostly found myself wanting to watch the Alabama Tennessee game. Uh, yeah, I mean, every time I turn it, it's just like a new score. Somehow someone else put points up. It, it, unbelievable game. You got three horse race now in the uh, SEC for who could probably win. I do worry that. I hope Tennessee's just good this year because if they're good multiple years, their fan base feels like one of those fan bases that would just like be way too, way too noisy. And you just, you don't want to hear it from them after they've been bad for (laughs) so long (laughs) this past decade. Um, But I am rooting for them rooting for Hennon hooker because he deserves it. He's seems like a great guy. Also seem, I mean, awesome player. Like we, like we've talked about a couple of times. I can't even believe that he lost out to, to Joe Milton uh, two years ago to get the Tennessee job, which is crazy, but yeah. heck of a ride. I hope he wins Heisman because it's fun when you got new guys that pop up and do it. So definitely knowing you were probably going to take Tennessee and I also uh, picked Tennessee as my pass on the last episode. Uh, I went with Illinois as my pass yeah. for the past couple of weeks. I mean, they're in the driver's seat all of a sudden for the Big Ten West. Our old friend, big boy, Brett Bielema, knows how to uh, recruit the area, knows how to play uh, big boy football. Uh, I mean, they've just wrapped up be- beating all three of probably the most competitive teams probably over the past four or five years in the Big Ten West in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota, beat all of them kind of easily. I mean, the Iowa one was – Weird, but disgusting. they <laughs> disgusting, disgusting, but they also didn't even have their starting quarterback in that game, which is also crazy. Um, yeah. but Chase Brown is fantastic. He's always been awesome. And he's finally getting the recognition now. Um, so I'm happy for him that he gets some shine. And I would just say my worry with them is that Tommy DeVito, he seems like he's he's due for a dud of a game. <laughs> at some point soon here um but the defense the run defense is is absolutely insane for them i mean holding wisconsin to two rushing yards is an absolutely bananas thing to do regardless of how good the badgers are this year they're gonna run it a ton and and they just stuffed them the whole game so unfortunately my pass is illinois and then then a little hat tip to to Utah too. I had that on mine as well. Honorable mention to them. Um, yeah, I, I guess um, you were there, but I'll just cover it quick. I mean, they beat USC, um, scored a touchdown with less than a minute left in the game. And, um, you know, coach Kyle um, down one and you could, you know, take it to overtime, but coach Kyle was feeling a little risky, decided to go for two and um, Cam rising ran it in and, you know, they won 43, 42. So how, how was the atmosphere there? I'm, I'm sure it was great. It's, I, I have to say you like, it is a big deal 
to go to a Utah football game for one of their big games. Like I, I can't recommend it more. I went to Oregon last year, which was their big game at home. USC at home this year, both environments are there up there with the early two thousands Badger football games. I mean, the environment right now over the past five years is better than any Badger game that I've been to, but like early two thousands Badger games or early 2010 Badger games were you know, insane for crowd atmosphere. Nowadays, I would rather go, I'd rather go to a Utah game than a, than a Badger game over the past three, four years. I mean, the, the crowds are into it. They're there early. They love football. They, I mean, they don't have any other teams. It's the jazz and the Utes. So they all come out for the Utes game and it's a huge deal. I mean, it, it was an absolutely insane environment. And, uh, I had turned to my parents because my parents were here. And when they got the ball to try to tie up the game on the drive, I said, if they score, they might as well go for two because they're not going to stop USC. You know, I mean, they were never going to stop USC in overtime. They just weren't. They could, I mean, every single play for USC was it was a big play. Like it was insane. Every single play they had was like a 40 yard bomb to Jordan Addison before he got her. I mean, I was totally with with Whittingham on that. Like, just go for two because I just don't see how you're going to stop them on, on, on defense in overtime. And I had said that for the Badgers, too, actually, um, when they had scored that final. I mean, what do you have to lose? Why would you want to go to overtime? The Badgers, you're an away team. You have nothing to lose. You might as well just go for two and try to seal the thing up. If you don't get it, go for the onside. Maybe a miracle happens. Um, so it was kind of funny that then it ended up the game we went to was another one where I was like, just go for two. You might as well. You're not going to stop them. So incredible yeah. game. Awesome atmosphere. Um, yeah. I mean, I, and it saved my bet. <laughs> yes. I was my over, about- save my over eight and a half on the year. So we can do with one more loss and we're still alive. So I feel good. They can lose to Oregon now and I'll still feel okay about, uh, finishing out on the over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who do you have for your fail? So I went with a interesting one here. I went with California. Um, so going into last weekend, I mean, the golden bears, um, well, you're well aware with being in pac 12 and, um, they were three and two going into last weekend, um, losses, the Notre Dame and Washington state. So not, you know, horrible losses and, you know, at the end of Sunday, they not only saw the record fall to 500, but they also saw it fall in, you know, devastating fashion, losing to a winless Colorado football team, which yeah. is one of the worst teams I've seen in quite some time. Yep. Um, Colorado won 20 to 13 in overtime. They moved to one and five now. Um, and yeah, I mean, this was an ugly game, really. There was five total turnovers and um, yeah, very low scoring. So ugly game but you know congratulations to the to the buffaloes and um you know it's a never good sign you know in week seven of the season when you're um above 500 and you're giving a team their first win of the season so um yeah hopefully you know california can bounce back um but yeah my fail goes to them yeah they've had i mean justin wilcox went from wisconsin to cal and he Turn. I don't even know if you want to use turn around the program, but 
for Cal, he kind of turned it around because they had been so poor for a while. He got them to, I think, eight wins maybe three or four years ago. And it was like very impressive job that he did. And ever since then, they've kind of stayed, you know, mediocre, seven wins, six wins. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he keeps his job. Seems like everyone loves him there. But mm. I mean, that's a tough one. When I saw that, I was like, man, you can't be losing to Colorado. No, no. <laughs> um, we kind of hit on a little bit, but I'll hit on the uh, other side of the game. Uh, I went USC for my fail. Mm, mm-hmm. Defense was just horrendous. I mean, I thought Utah's defense was bad. At least, you know, I can understand giving up really big plays. I Utah was literally just picking them apart, their defense apart. I mean, 10, 15-yard yep. gains just down the field. Every single drive Utah had, it was just like, all right, another 10, 15 yards, another 10, 15 yard. And they just would push it down the field over and over, controlled the possession game, which is basically why Utah won because they had the ball more. And the best defense against USC for Utah was just holding onto the ball and not letting them, them get a chance to make a play. I mean, they let a tight end get 234 yards. I mean, the, the amount of times I heard Dalton Kincaid over the PA announced during the game was insane. 16 receptions. I felt like anytime Utah needed a big down, they would go to him and he'd always be open. I'd, I'd, I just don't know how you don't target or like shut him down more. I mean, pretty crazy. So tough way to probably lose out on the playoffs. I mean, I would say so. I, th- I, would say. I, I just, I don't see how the playoff committee will let that slide unless a couple other teams have some really big collapses. So uh, sad day for USC fans, I'm sure. And then I'll do a sad shout out for Wisconsin football. It's dead. It's, it's not fun. It sucks. This is, I want it to be over. I don't want it to be over, but I also want it to be over. Cause it's just, I don't have fun anymore like in the three hours that I watch Badger for, I don't like, I don't have any fun anymore. Oh, that's such a, it's funny. Just the way you said that, but like, it's also a a, a sad, hurtful, funny, because when you say that, I'm like, I feel the exact. Yeah. I didn't have fun either. Dude. Like I'm not even like, so like, I think, you know, a lot of people are talking about going to your parents um, tailgate this weekend and, You know, I'm like, oh, it'll be fun, like to go downtown too. And um, there is um a, a big UFC fight at the same time around. It's <laughs> Sugar Sean O'Malley, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, like we, we're two and a half point favorites, I believe, to Purdue. But I can't like, believe it. But yeah, but they, yeah, they are. Yes, uh, like I can't believe that either. And it's like, you know, I I want to go. It'd be a good time, you know, seeing Adam Roberta, like having some food, going downtown, getting some drinks. But I'm like, I'm I'm not having fun. Like, what if they lose the Purdue? I'm going to be sad. Like, I'm half (laughs) contemplating watching the the MMA fights instead, which we'll see. But I mean, to your point, um, yeah, it's just it's tough to watch right now. Obviously, we're not fair weather fans. We're always going to, you know. Mm-hmm. you know be behind them and um root for them but i mean it, it is it is very it's tough I to mean, watch we had this with basketball with the 15 and 18 season with yeah. brad davidson is um his freshman year and um 
it's just it's it's hard to watch it, it hurts it really hurts um but they, yeah they I, could I, lose every game on their schedule and they could also win every game on their schedule remaining that's how bad the rest of the teams are that they're playing i don't yeah. feel good about any one of those games but they could win every single one of them probably they they could yeah and <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this much out of all the games on that schedule it's going to be so hard to watch that Iowa game. I am oh my so God, I know. looking forward to that game. It's just going to be, oh, I, yeah, it's going to be an ugly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Jim's doing as good of a job as he can, right? right? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Got to give him yeah. time and we'll see, you know, if we stick with him, great. I'll support it. And if we choose, you know, Lance, Lance or. Or someone else. It's Lance um, or Jim for me. I, no one else. Uh, Got to be one I, or the other. Yep. Yep. Ideally, uh, you, you get Lance and Jim as a D coordinator for another couple of years, but fat chance that happens. <laughs> would love that. But yes. Yeah. I don't know if that will happen, but would love that. But yeah. I mean, it's one year. We'll be back. Um, yep. But yeah, safe to say it's time to move on to basketball. <laughs> we will be next week. Don't worry. Uh, All right, let's get over to student loans. We're going to do our three best bets of the week. Full disclosure, I'm 0-4 in my last four. Actually, I might be, I think I'm 0-4 for my last five or something like that. So although last week I was one point off of each of my bets, so I don't want to say that I was terrible. They weren't that bad of bets, but you could feel free to fade these as well. So, And I will say this, you know, looking at the, the glass half full, I would rather trust someone who's 0-4 than 4-0 because you are due for a win. This is true. And a 4-0 person is due for a loss. So, um, and yes, they're not they're not bad bets. Um, they're close. So, yeah, I, I think you're going to bounce back this weekend. I, I've decided to take the week off, you know. I just got to see the board. Mentally, I'm going to say these are the two ones that I would pick, and I'm going to yep. see how they do. And then I'll, you know, we can recalibrate, see how we're doing you know, if we're seeing the board again, we can get ready for next week. So no bets this week, but we're going to give you uh, our three best bets each. Uh, hit me with your first one. Yeah, my first one, I have Houston minus three at Navy. Um, Houston leads the series. Um, they've won six of the eight times they've played each other. Um, won the last two meetings. Um, Houston's coming off a bye week. Um, their last matchup being a one point win versus Memphis, whereas Navy, they're coming off a 34 40 loss to SMU. Um, I think this is going to be interesting to see what the Houston defense can do with Navy's run game. Um, but I really do think the road team gets the win here. Um, I'd probably, you're going to laugh at this, but I'd probably buy, you know, a half point here, <laughs> minus two and a half. I feel a little bit more comfortable with that. Cause I, I do see this game ending in, you know, at most seven to 10 point win for, for Houston. I think it's a pretty tight game, um, throughout. So yeah, if you know, you're a little conservative like me, I'd recommend the, the half point here, but yeah, I, I do think Houston gets the win. Yeah, really weird year for Houston, man. They had high expectations, and it's it's not gone super great. No. My first one is going to be Oklahoma State, six and a half against uh, Texas as underdogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Texas, but they've looked iffy last week. You know, 
Oklahoma State kind of desperately needs to beat them to stay in the Big 12 race. They had a pretty sizable lead against TCU and kind of blew it, but they still uh, would have covered, or they still covered because that was the other one that I had last week. Um, but great defense that should be able to handle Kansas. Uh, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Oklahoma State uh, covering that one. I like that pick. I Thanks. like that pick a lot. Um, Your second my- my second pick here, I normally don't like doing these because when it's high spreads like this, um, you rely a lot on garbage time, and I don't like doing that normally. But this one, you know, it's so high, it stood out to me. So I'm going with UNLV plus 25 and a half points at Notre Dame. Wow. Um, UNLV, they've had, you know, a pretty good year for, for their terms, I'd say. Compared um, to last year when we saw them? Compared, compared to last year, for cool. sure. They're they're four and three. They're seven. Um, they haven't, you know, faced as stiff as competition as the Irish. But, um, you know, I really think they can cover 25 and a half points. I don't trust Drew Pine for and the, you know, Irish offense. They put up 23.7 points per game. So, um, right there, I mean, that's not covering. And, um, you know, the UNLV defense probably is a little worse than some of the other teams they <laughs> face. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the Irish, their biggest victory this year was a 13-point win at UNC. Every other win they've had has been a one-score game. And let's not forget about, you know, when Marshall went into Dame and they beat him 26-21 yeah. earlier this year. So, um, do I think UNLV gets the win? No, but um, I think they're good enough to, you know, help the gambling people out there and um, get get away with the cover. Very interesting one. I was not expecting that. Uh, my next one is uh, building off the other Pac-12 uh, kind of shootout we saw last week between USC, Utah. I'm going to go with the over in the UCLA-Oregon game at 69 and a half. Both defenses have been pretty meh this season, and I could kind of see a similar situation to Utah-USC where it's just, you know, who's got the ball last year, who makes the big decision. Uh, so I'm going to go with that one as my over. I don't usually do over-unders, but that one I feel uh, pretty good at. I feel feel like one of them is going to get up, up into the 40s, and you hope the other one can get in the 30s. So I'm going UCLA-Oregon game over uh, 69 and a half. What is your third bet? All right, third one, I have Penn State minus four versus Minnesota. Um, Both teams need to bounce back here after losses last week. Um, Both teams have struggled offensively. Also, um, you know, this is going to be dependent on the status of Tanner Morgan. Um, I I think this is another game where it's, you know, close. I think it's probably a one-score game maybe 10 point victory max. But um, at the end of the day, I think the home team wins here. You're going to love this. I, I think the whiteout helps. <laughs> um, and I, I've seen that mm. honestly in some articles I've read that they think that the whiteout is going to like help the the offense oh, yeah. play a little better, which is, I mean, I get it for sure. Like home court or home field advantage makes a difference. But um, I saw some articles saying it's going to like, hype up the offense and and help them you know fix their woes which i don't know if you know everyone wearing white's gonna help sean clifford throw the ball better but um 
But yeah, I like the Nittany, Nittany Lions here. Um, I think they get the job done, and I think they, um, you know, get away with the victory. Yeah, I mean, I think they're like 500 or something like that in whiteout games, but that's mostly because they play a tough competition when they do the whiteout. I think they're trying to look to get over 500 uh, on the whiteout games. That's why they did the Minnesota game. Yeah, I don't have any faith in Minnesota at all anymore. Like, I thought that was so dumb when everyone thought that they were going to be good. Uh, you know, whatever, after they went to Michigan State and won, like, they really have not beaten anyone good yet. They no. still have yet to beat anyone good. So, yeah, I, I don't have any faith in, in Minnesota. Uh, I would agree with you on that one. My last one is Clemson 13 and a half against Syracuse. Uh, I think the magical Syracuse run probably going to end this week at Clemson. And I think they're going to hammer them too. I just, Clemson's going to be, I feel like so overpowering on them. You know, they've been rolling for a while, kind of going under the radar a little bit, which I'm sure they all probably want, but this win will kind of help the resume because they don't really have many opportunities for quality wins. So uh, if they can beat down Syracuse pretty good, uh, that'll help the resume. And I think Syracuse is going to be, unfortunately, on, on the uh, receiving end of a butt whooping. So I'm going Clemson, 13 and a half. Yeah, I have an honorable mention too. I with, um, TCU minus three and a half. Versus- I was thinking about that one, but the, I did TCU minus three last. I was like, I can't do it again. <laughs> That's fair. But I mean, Max has been great. Their quarterback yep. for TCU. He's got close to 1,600 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, only one pick. Um, uh, they're third in the country in yards per game. So I think this is a. Uh, you know, offense that is pretty, pretty good. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I trust the offense getting the job done at home and I think they stay undefeated. I like seeing TCU this good too. So I, yeah. I'm hoping they, you know, can get, get the job done. Definitely. A lot of fun teams this year. I mean, this is probably the smallest gap that we've ever had between yeah. teams. I mean, Ohio state looks like the only, I mean, they looked a little iffy against Notre Dame, but that was game one. So, I mean, they look like the only one that's really separated themselves a whole lot, but it's Ohio State, man. I just feel like they're going to lose to a Georgia or something again because it's kind of how they it's how they roll. And I'm just praying it doesn't happen. Or Michigan beats them. I'm rooting for Michigan to beat them. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. <laughs> all right, that is our student loans. Now we're going to switch over to student advisors. Got all the student-themed uh, segments this week uh we're gonna give you one game and one player to watch out for in the next couple weeks uh hit me with your game to watch so you touched on it a little bit with your betting but we're gonna uh, have the same one then i'm going with um clemson versus Syracuse. oh never mind um yeah i i like you know the the only two undefeated teams left in the acc two top 15 teams in the country um two of the top defenses in the ACC so I think this is um which by the way top top two defenses or two of the top defenses in the ACC but when we're looking you know at a national level it's not even that doesn't yeah that doesn't um, mean anything but um yeah I, I agree with you here I think Clemson does get the job done um 13 and a half point favorites um you know this game was really close last year um yeah. Clemson only won by three Syracuse had a chance to tie it with a field goal, but they missed that. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think this is going to be a fun one. I, I agree where I think Clemson covers and, you know, it helps their um, kind of resume to try to make yeah. it into the college football playoffs. Definitely. Yeah, I have another game that I touched on, so I'll, I'll go quick, but I'm also intrigued by Oregon-UCLA this week. I think that's going to be such a fascinating game with the Pac-12 standings. Uh, both have looked suspect at different points of the season, almost losing to, to iffy teams. Uh, I mean, even Oregon lost by whatever, 50-something to Georgia. UCLA almost lost at home. Uh, so... Mostly done all their good. UCLA's mostly done all their good uh, at home. So it's going to be interesting to see them in an away environment. They have maybe, yeah, that's that's quite a statement. I was going to say maybe the best QB in, uh, in the Pac-12. But you got two pretty tough ones. I mean, statistically, if you look at it, DTR is the best QB. But it's probably Caleb Williams and then DTR and Cam Rising probably would be up there next, depending which which way you like to go. So, um, I mean, if UCLA wins, they've set themselves up perfect to make it to the Pac-12 championship game because they they have no one else on their schedule other than USC that could that could beat them pretty much. So if they lose, uh, that's gonna hurt for them. Honestly, would not surprise me though if they lose if it if it goes downhill from there. It feels like one of those where we could look back and be like, oh, yeah, I remember UCLA was kind of in that conversation, but it's going to be a fun one. I think Oregon, UCLA, I recommend watching that one this week. What players should we watch out for this week? Well, you've touched on them twice now, so I'll go quickly, but I, <laughs> I had DTR. I mean, he's been phenomenal so far. Um, top 10 in the Heisman race right now with along with, you know, a couple other PAC 12 quarterbacks, as you mentioned, um, you know, I think Oregon is a pretty, you know, fun offensive team to want two points per game, uh, lead the PAC ball yard game. Um, so these are two great offenses and I'm really excited to see what DTR does um, in a high pressure matchup on the road. So, you know, environment what can he do against you know a top 10 team on the road um yeah i think this is going to be a fun one. Oh, i lost you there you are i lost you for a second there oh uh totally agree about dtr he it feels like we've been doing this for the past i think he's been playing for four seasons now where we just like all right, this is the season DTR is going to go off now. And then finally starting to kind of like uh, Kenny Pickett with Pitt last year. If anyone was the Kenny Pickett candidate from this year, it's uh, DTR. He's been pretty phenomenal. Uh, great running quarterback. Kind of almost reminds me of Jalen Hurts where he is kind of – he the, the running aspect is better for him, but uh, also has a really strong arm and it's pretty good. Well, how would you rank the, the top three – Pac-12 quarterbacks. Caleb, Cam, DTR. I would go. I would go like that. Yeah. Caleb, Cam, DTR. Um, I think I, it's close. I do too. Yeah, that's how I would go. Yeah. Just watching Caleb Williams last week, like in person, was honestly insane. Like he is a freaking cheat code. It, he's he's unbelievable he had a couple where he just 
I mean, they had him dead to right and he got out of it and then he made the perfect throw and you're just like, Oh my God, how do you stop him? Mm-hmm. So pretty crazy. Who would you go for Michael Penix or am I missing? Mm-hmm. I mean, Bo, Bo Nix. Well, Bo Nix, yeah. Bo Nix would be up there. I like Penix. I like Penix a lot. There's a lot of, I mean, Emory Jones. No, okay. <laughs> there's, there's so many good quarterbacks in the Pac-12 this year. Do have a, yeah, decent amount of good quarterbacks. Good for them. Yep. Uh, my player this week, or uh, actually it's going to be in two weeks that you should watch out for, is our old friend from the Big Ten, Adrian Martinez against Oklahoma State. He's actually kind of crushing it for for the expectations that I had for him. I mean, that's basically he he's thrown no picks this season so far, which is incredible for for him because he is a freaking pick machine. He threw 10 last year. He's usually up around eight, nine or 10 every year. I looked it up. So having zero this this far in is pretty incredible for him. And he's done a good job managing that offense. I mean, he had so many great games at Nebraska that he just would ruin just by throwing terrible picks. So the fact that he's just mitigating that is, is fantastic. I mean, that's what I want to see out of Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz has all the freaking arm talent in the world. He makes great throws and you can see it. And then he just throws a pick at right at the Michigan state player, like at the 20 yard line, you're like, God, if you could just not do that part, we would be fantastic. Like we would do, we would be doing great this season. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Adrian Martinez against uh, Oklahoma state. Obviously they have a great defense, um, but go against TCU, correct? Uh, two weeks. They go against oh, two weeks. State. Sorry, sorry. I mean, both games are going to be huge. So yes. watching yes. both weeks, but I had listed him specifically yeah. for when he goes up against Oklahoma state for, gotcha. uh, keeping themselves in the big 12 uh, title race. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Shout out to him. Um, yeah. He's having a great year in the, in, in, in the big 12. So it's fun to see teams like TCU and Kansas state kind of yeah. contend for a conference title. So I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. That is our episode for the week. As promised, I've decided now we're doing college basketball preview in two weeks, two weeks or three weeks, sometime around there. Uh, we'll we'll ever, we'll get talking about college basketball for everyone, so you don't have to think about the Badgers anymore. <sighs> uh, what was the best pizza you ate uh, in the last couple of weeks? I'm just gonna start saying pizza now. Best pizza, I think I had Ro- Rosati's again. Um, <laughs> I would say. Um, Is there any other food candidates? I'd say. I mean, okay. It. I wouldn't say best because. <laughs> Their food is subpar, but I enjoy it. Um, went to Applebee's. With, oh um, my god! With a couple buddies. Not um, even gonna get the boys a shout out for the chili cookoff. Chili cookoff, yeah, chili cookoff was great. There were <laughs> a lot of good chilies there. So yeah, I've had so much food this <laughs> these past few weeks that <laughs> I tend to forget sometimes. But yeah, chili cookoff, some pizza, and then um, split a sampler platter at applebee's and that's always that always gets the job done so what about you i i've got a couple other options too i'd cochina which nice little fancy restaurant that me and my fiance go to 
Uh, we went to Emigration Brewery, which has very good pizza right in right in the mountains. It's beautiful, beautiful view while, view while you're uh, eating pizza and drinking beers. Uh, and then I, I don't know if I, by last episode, I had made our homemade pizza, but I made homemade pizza too, uh, a couple weeks ago too. And they were, they going to toot my own horn. It was pretty, it was pretty good. So those are my three best things I ate this week, past Love couple it. weeks. All right. We'll talk to everyone later. Enjoy your weekends of college football. We'll be back with uh, college basketball here soon. Peace.